Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Good night, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Thanks to W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening and Morning, Cross on Nights Live. Uh, we're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we begin, uh, we want to tell you a little about the Ravencrest saga, Shadowland. Uh, as always, our Ravencrest books are first released in serialized installments. Uh, last month, part one, Poltergeist, was published. Uh, in Poltergeist, uh, Ravencrest Manor is plagued by a practical joking spirit, and in the Raven Woods, an elemental force awakens from a long sleep. Strange Encounters continues the story. Uh, Tamara, tell us a little about part two. Now, someone's watching. A mysterious dark figure watches from the tall cliffs as Grant and Belinda practice magic by a seaside tide pool. Something is waiting. Things take a turn, dark turn, in fact, when Belinda revisits the cool black <laughs> waters of Nyab Pond deep in the Raven Woods. Don't giggle, you'll set me off. Um, <laughs> somewhere in the house, the poltergeist grows stronger, tormenting the staff in twisted new ways. A new employee is drawn to the east wing by the spectral whispers of the three sisters. And the evil within Ravencrest Manor begins spiraling out of control. All right. Strange Encounters, installment number two of Shadowland is available now in ebook on Amazon. Uh, you can also find the first three full-length novels, Ghosts of Ravencrest, Witches of Ravencrest, and the Ravencrest Saga Exorcism, in paper or e-book e-book at Amazon <laughs> or other retailers. Uh, <laughs> again, Burning Cross. London Nights Live, you can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamarthorne. You can visit our Hunter Nights Live page on Facebook, and if you are on Instagram, check us out at at thornandcross or at official underscore alistaircross. For more information on the show, uh, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right. Uh, tonight, we are uh, happy to have back with us um, 
uh, Margaret Lucky. She's one of our favorite people. She's a good friend. She's mm-hmm. a great writer, and she's a great guest. So before we introduce her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Margaret Lucky flings words around as a writer and editor in the San Francisco Bay Area. She has always been fascinated by the power of stories and the magic of creativity. She writes tales of love, ghosts, and murder, sometimes all three in one book. Her new novel, House of Desire, is the second novel in the Claire Scanlon Haunted House series, following House of Whispers. Claire is a reluctant psychic, able to sense spirits and strange energies that no one else can detect. When her philandering brother-in-law is accused of murdering a rival in a grand San Francisco Victorian, Claire must risk a perilous journey into the past uh, to find the only witness, the time-traveling soiled dove from the 1890s, who is invisible to everyone but her. Uh, Margaret also writes mysteries featuring artist and private investigator Jess Randolph, the latest of which is Snow Angel. She is also the editor of Fault Lines, a short story anthology published last year by the Northern California chapter of Sisters in Crime. She teaches writing fiction classes and workshops and is the author of two nonfiction books and the craft of writing. You can visit her at www.margaretlucky.com. All right, Margaret, how are you? What's new? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just fine and what's new is my new book which you've already told them about and thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm sort of learning all of the ins and outs of staying at home. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is something we've all been doing recently. Um a very exciting <laughs> project to to be sure. Um <laughs> And uh, let's see, what else? I'm getting ready to teach a class um, for um, UC Berkeley Extension Program. Um, Nice. Next fall, it begins in October. And I just got Mm -hmm. word today that it's going to be um, an online class. They're making all of their classes virtual rather than than in-person classes, Uh which means it will be much more widely accessible. If anybody's nice. interested, the class I'm teaching is is called Writing Genre Fiction. Ooh, nice. that sounds good. And nice. you certainly know your way around the mystery. And here, with, with this series, you have mystery and you have historical and you have ghosts, three of our favorite things. Yes. So, yeah, yes. and there's a little romance kicked in, too, and this class will also cover, you know, science fiction uh-huh. and horror, and I know... I, I have some friends who are good good writers who can, uh, you know, fill me in on anything I don't know about certain genres. But yes, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 mysteries are um, sort of my first love. That's what I grew up on, mm-hmm. and what I started writing mostly. And then I had the opportunity to, exp- with the last book, House of whispers to expand into ghost stories and I love a good ghost story. Oh good. Who doesn't love a good ghost story? Oh right. Yeah. And with this book, somewhat to my surprise, it also turned into a time travel novel. Hmm. Which I wasn't entirely expecting, but one of the main characters, the uh soiled dove who was invisible to everyone but Claire, has found Uh a way in this wonderful old San Francisco Victorian house um, where she lives in the 1890s at a time when the house is 
a parlor house, which is basically an upscale bordello. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it's not always a happy existence, and sometimes things get to be too much. And she has discovered a portal in the house that allows her to move into what she calls the future house when she needs a bit of respite. Yeah, and that's what she's done when she witnesses yeah. this murder. Oh, how nice. And, so, and love that. It makes me I, think of time after time and all that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 So well, so this is this is this is great because you've got I mean so love ghost murder and time travel this is <laughs> this is fantastic. it's all everything what, what, yeah yeah it is what, what I mean this is all the stuff that we love and I'm sure a mm-hmm. lot of people too what 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 made you want to incorporate all of this in there did you set out to do that or did is, is this just how it evolved well the first book House of of uh, Whispers. Um, the publisher was looking for what they called paranormal romantic suspense. Mm-hmm. So okay. I wrote a book that, that had all of those elements in it. It's a murder mystery because I'm not sure I know how to write a book that doesn't have a dead body in it. Because, <laughs> you know, what do you talk about? What, right what on. Yeah. Right. To do if they're not trying to deal with the murder. I mean, really? Yeah. You need that. And... <laughs> you know, but it but it definitely had a love story, and this one has, mm-hmm. um, this one has actually a couple of love stories in it with different characters. Although they're not the main elements of the plot, mm-hmm. but but they're they're in there. And as I said, the time travel thing was sort of a surprise. But you're both writers, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had this happen to you, where there's this character who was going to be kind of this minor entity in the book. Uh huh. Yeah. Who kind of walks in and says, "Hey, I'm taking over." <laughs> oh, there's wait. things about oh, me you should know. Don't you know, know who I am? There's things about me you should. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And there's things about me you should share with your readers, and I want them to know all about my life back in the 1890s. So follow me there. And that's. I love when that and happens. That's sort of. Yes, it's, and that's sort of what happened with Roxanne. This this young woman, this, this soiled dove, which was uh-huh. the term they used back in Victorian era for yeah. women who engaged in um, that particular profession. And yes, um, you know, so uh-huh. she, she didn't exactly take over the entire book, but she certainly took over a good chunk of it. And, and that was fun. It was great fun to get to know her. I like her a lot. Will we be seeing more of her? I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Her story is resolved in this book. Uh, but, uh, and Claire will move on to a different house in some other book. But, you know, she has a mind of her own. I, I, yeah. Right. I would not be surprised <laughs> yeah, she to can... see her come elbowing her way into a future narrative. <laughs> yeah, if she can time travel. She, she might pull you over. I, I want, yeah. I'm, I'm dying to hear your ghost story. I just have to hear your ghost story. I know Alistair does too. Yeah. My ghost yes. story? Mm-hmm. The ghost story for the book or the, for the book? You, or you want a real one? A, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier. <laughs> yes. Yes. More ghosts. More ghosts. Well, we've all had ghost stories. This is one I haven't written about yet. 
but it's but I'm somewhere I, I will find a way to do it. And it didn't actually happen to me. It happened to a friend of mine quite some number of years ago. And mm-hmm. they had just moved into what was a new house to them, although an old house in mm-hmm. you know, based on the time it was actually built. Um my friend, her husband, and the three-year-old son. And a woman had died in the house. Um, actually, I'm not sure she had died in the house, but she had lived there for like 50 years, and she was very old, and she passed away, and, and the estate, her heirs sold the house. Uh-huh. And being an old house that she had lived in for all of those years, it needed a lot of fixing up. So they set mm-hmm. about to do that. And as they were doing that, they started noticing odd little things happening. Like Mm. they'd walk into the room that they had started painting the day before and the paint can would be in a different corner than where they thought Uh they had left it. Ah. And this sort of thing happened often enough that they started writing down where things were at the end of the evening when they went to bed. Mm -hmm. And they would find lots of little things in different places. Mm -hmm. And then one day, their son was was playing with a little truck, kind of an old-fashioned toy truck that they had never seen before. Uh And, you know, my friend says, Uh this is not good. I'm going to throw this away. (laughs) So she threw it away. And... The next day, he's playing with the toy truck again. Oh. Well, he's uh-huh. never gone digging through the garbage <laughs> before, but, but this was unnerving. So this time yeah. she took it and put it out on the can in, in, the, in the street um, on the day of the pickup. And the garbage people come and the garbage people go. And the next morning, he's playing with the little truck again. Oh, jeez. Wow. And the thing that, that capped it for them was one time, as I say, it's an old house. It only had one bathroom, and that was up on the second floor. Mm -hmm. And so it was dinner time. So they sent little Justin up the stairs to wash his hands for dinner. And he did. And when he came back down and walked into the kitchen, he said, the lady on the stairs says hi. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, and that's when they put the house on the market again. Wow. <laughs> so they got out of there fast. Um, did, did, how old was the boy? Oh, three? Three. Did you he say? was three. Three. Still young three. enough. To, and at three, you're still, yeah you're, you're, yeah, you're still open. Things are accessible to you at three that maybe if he'd been 13, it would have been quite different. Yeah. Wow, I love that. That's very creepy. Yeah. Did they ever get rid of the truck? Yeah. That's why it's creepy. (laughs) I don't know what finally happened to the truck. I think they left it behind when they moved for the next family to find. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Boy, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's nice. Wow. Yeah. One of these days, that story will find its way into a... Into oh, a narrative that I write. I'm not sure whether it's a short story or whether it will be part mm-hmm. of a Claire, uh, uh, a Claire adventure. What mysteries are your favorites? What, what, what? Especially early on, 
Agatha Christie or anything in particular? What what influenced you? Well, I, I you know I read Nancy Drew as a kid, um, mm-hmm. as who did not. Um, maybe you didn't, Alistair, because it was a girl thing back then, and the boys read the Hardy Boys. But... <laughs> I did read the Hardy Boys. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I read them both. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there was a, a series called Trixie Belden, or the character was called Trixie Belden, that was out about the uh-huh. same time, maybe aimed for slightly younger girls than Nancy Drew. Uh-huh. Um, so I read all of those, but my mom was a big mystery fan, and she had shelves full of paperbacks. Um, Agatha uh-huh. Christie, Ellery Queen, um, some Nero Wolf. Mm. And so I read my way through those. She also had Peyton Place and Lady Chatterley's Lover tucked into (laughs) her bedside table. And I read those too, but I wasn't supposed to find those. I didn't tell her about that. But she was was happy to have me read the Ellery Queens. And, you know, and then I graduated to, uh, you know, People like Ross McDonald mm-hmm. and John D. McDonald and Dorothy Sayers. Um, uh-huh. So, you know, all the classic, you know, people of the time. You have a and, great background. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they're, they're great fun to read. They are. Yeah, we've been, we're working on a sort of a thriller mystery of our own and, so we've been really putting ourselves into mysteries. There's oh, a lot good. on Netflix, it turns out. There's a lot of Harlan Coben on there. We've been watching those. <laughs> um, well, Harlan yeah. Coben is, yeah. is sort of one of the things mm-hmm. that is interesting about his books, or at least about, you know, a lot of his books, is that these are weird things happening to ordinary people. Yeah, You know, they're going about living their nice suburban lives and all of a sudden something totally weird happens that puts them into this um, very strange sort of situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and my books, I think, are a little bit that way, too. You know, they're not my characters mm-hmm. are not superheroes. Um, even Claire, my my somewhat reluctant psychic. um you know, is she, she's an ordinary yeah. person other than that. I mean, she's right. trying to get along. She's trying to rebuild, you know, build a new career in real estate. She's just been through an unhappy divorce and moved across country and uh, is trying to reinvent herself. But, you know, uh-huh. but That's as a real estate agent and, and yeah, you know, the, these strange things that keep happening to her in these, that she has to sense things that other people can't are just sort of getting in her way. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and it's such a great idea. They, they ultimately help her, but um, they, mm-hmm. it's, it's um, the things that happen to her, you know, fascinate her on the one hand and repel her on the other. You know, right. it's, um, does it make it's a it hard, hard thing to sell to a haunted to. house? Is it hard for her to sell a haunted house, or does she try to resolve it so it's not haunted anymore? Well, it's you know that the question is uh-huh. how is it haunted, and why is it haunted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, 
it, it, one of the things about, and, and you two know this, one of the things about writing any kind of book that involves, you know, the supernatural or fantasy, magic, mm-hmm. any of those kinds of things in any sort of way is how does it work? Right. You know, what are yeah. the rules of this world you're creating? Yes. And, um, you know, if I'm going to have ghosts in my book, how do they operate? What can they, why are they there? Mm-hmm. What can they do yeah. or what can they not do? And, right. um, in general, mine are, are there because there's some kind of unfinished business mm-hmm. that is keeping them from moving on. Yeah. And, uh, in some cases, in the first book, it was the unfinished business was that uh, the person that was now the ghost had been murdered, and while the murder was mm-hmm. considered solved, the answer was not correct. The real murderer hadn't been found, and people were uh-huh. still in danger, and oh. she felt a need to protect those people and try to prevent what happened to her from happening to them. Uh, That's um, a great excuse. Yes. But when you're a ghost, you have limited, in in my world, they're limited to the house they're in. That's a good And there's, mm-hmm. there's limits to what she can do. She has to reach out and kind of connect with somebody mm-hmm. in order to, um, you know, get them to take action. And connecting is yes. not an easy thing, and not everybody is receptive. Right. In House of Whispers, the new book, the ghost is a woman who died of natural causes there after living there in this house. She was born there. She died there. She lived there in her entire life, which lasted more than 100 years. Mm-hmm. And while she provides some clues to, to the murder and kind of helps Claire in certain ways, one of her functions in the story is to kind of be a unifying figure between the house in the 1890s and uh-huh. the house today. And, you know, yes. what is its history in the meantime? How are these two centuries mm-hmm. linked? Yeah. And she had her own very interesting story to tell. <laughs> That's a good one. I really like that. Um, are you going to do another... Another Claire Scanlon yeah. next, or yeah, what's next? What's next is um, well, I, I have sort of three things on my plate at the moment. Um, one is yes, another Claire Scanlon. I've got it partially written, mm-hmm. and um, the story there is based on a newspaper clipping I clipped out many years ago, and I've kept in a yellowing in a file for years um, in which a young couple um, who has just moved into their brand new house is awakened at the middle of the night with people like by people at the door who claim the house is really theirs. And what oh are they? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and what are you doing in our house? To find out, yeah, what are you doing in our house? And uh, get out of the way and let us in. Um, wow. That's something you want to find on your doorstep at 3 a.m. Yeah. So, and and I also have in mind, I'm, I'm just collecting ideas and materials for it now for 
the next book in my series with Jess Randolph, my artist, public, uh-huh. uh, private investigator character. And I'm also um, about halfway through the first in what I hope will be a kind of a series of, of handbooks on various aspects of writing craft based on classes I've taught. Oh, nice. Boy. So the first one being on good. creating great characters. But, oh, that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I'm eager you. to get back to the. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm eager to get back to the next Claire book because I'm all right. Uh, all right. Trying Sounds to figure good. out what happens next and who did it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love problem. the fact that, that yeah, and I love the fact that you don't, you know, as as the writer, you don't always know. I think that baffles a lot of people, but it's it's totally true. It's just you know sometimes yeah. you just you figure it out as you know you're learning it too. But you know, well, it's uh, exactly. I hope that you will. I hope that you will keep us uh, informed when you uh, mm-hmm. have a new book out, and of course we will love to have you back. Yes. And we're just about well, out of time, but before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about you? Well, they can learn more about me on my website, which is margaretlucky.com. And I should say that lucky is L-U-C-K-E. There's no right. Y at the end. And right. uh, and the book is available both as ebook and paperback, trade paperback, on um, Amazon and through Ingram, which means that um, your favorite bookstore should be able to order it for you. Very nice. All right. All right. It is always great having you. Um, Mm -hmm. Keep up the great work. We love what you do, and uh, we hope you'll come back. We do. I would love to come back. It's always a pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you you for coming. Yes, we will be in touch, and uh, it was nice talking all to right. you again. Um, yeah. Um, all right, so thank you for being on, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.